You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the <laughs> Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of the Smoking Cuban, writer at Mavs.com. We got 200, Isaac Harris. 200 episodes. 200 since, la- since the end of May of 2017. We've dropped 200 podcasts. That's a lot. That- that's wild. Like, I mean, I feel like we knew what we were signing up for, but still. Like, and you know, I'm ride or die. So if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. That's the same the way with me. I'm in. Like, if you, if you tell me we're going to do 200, I'd be like, dang, man, that's a lot. This is, this is the reaction I get from most people, most even most media people, when I say they're like, oh, what, you know, what do you do? Or, you know, people I meet for the first time or something. Or even people I know that just kind of know that I do a podcast but don't know the specifics about it. Yeah. I say I do, you know, Lockdown Mavericks, and they go, oh, well, you know, how often do you do? How long are your episodes? And I'm like, well, you know, we try to shoot for 30 minutes or something like that. And uh, and I was like, we do it five days a week. And they were like, they're always like, what? What? What are you doing? <laughs> it always, like, blows their mind. Or people that are interested, they're like, hey, I kind of want to get onto that Lockdown thing, you know, uh, you know, what would you say or any advice or anything? And I'm like, well, you know, it's five days a week, right? And they're like, oh, okay, never mind. Like, just immediately, <laughs> immediately dismiss it. Uh, but yeah, 200 episodes. Uh, guys, thank you so much for anybody that, that joined us. Our first episode, I went back and listened to the beginning of it. First of all, I called, I called Jack, I called Jake Kemp, I called him Jack. <laughs> but in my defense, his Twitter handle is not Jack Kemp. So it just kind of messes with your brain. Yeah, uh, but so we I went back and listened to the beginning of it. The intro was almost the same uh, as now, but there's there's a couple differences, a couple <laughs> things in there. We were a little awkward. Our timing was not really great. Um, yeah, but but you know, I, I listened a little bit more of it today, and we talked about Nerlens, which was funny. We're still talking was, about Nerlens. Yeah, this was the end of May, so like w- the lottery was set. But the draft hadn't even happened, and we were talking about max offer sheets Nerlens could possibly get. <laughs> Remember our and, countdown? We had like different teams that we were counting down, like who who could potentially offer Nerlens, and then eventually it ran out. We were like, "All right, well." <laughs> yeah, we kept we were talking about different teams and stuff. Then we did a mock draft towards the end, and that was fun. I only got a few picks in, and I, I had to stop listening. But we were at Philadelphia at three, and we both agreed that Malik Monk would go three. Wow, to, to Philly. Wow, <laughs> because you know the trade hadn't even happened between right, Philly yeah. and Boston. So we're like, oh, faults for sure. Lonzo's two, and they're like, man, you know, we're both hyping up Malik <laughs> Monk, the fit and fit. I loved and Malik Monk. I still love Malik Monk. Oh, I still like him a lot too. It was so I was just cracking up. We were talking about somebody who trade up for Fox and and all that stuff, and but yeah, I haven't listened to the rest of it, but it's super funny. 
We were kind of going to play some audio from it, but we're both just really busy. So yeah, this is your best look back at 200 episodes. <laughs> 300, 300. I feel like episode 365 will be a big one. Like, I feel like that one's the, the one for me that's going to actually hit because that's like we've done a whole year of pod. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that would be like you could start from the very beginning and listen to a podcast for a whole year. Every and day cover for our if you wanted to oh, know the man. history of the Mavericks or like the, the day we started. So the first podcast we ever posted was uh, was May 31st. So that, that'll be a big day for us. Yeah, that we've been going for a flat year. So maybe we'll try to have a fun guest on, a big guest or something like that. But the Mavericks are on a road trip. and Yeah, you know, it was, was kind of weird to try to figure something out. So we wanted to do something special, but everything's The organization's going, and, going through some stuff, obviously, right now. Yeah. So everything's just kind of um, going – through random stuff right now. Yeah, they're so. laying low on the guest front, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but we are going to get to some really good stuff today, guys. Again, thank you for everybody that has listened. There are some people that listen to all 200, and so for those, the day ones, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Man, I had a guy reach out the other day on DM and was like, bro, I've, I've been day one, and I, I just love your podcast. How can I support you? How can we, yeah. how can I support Nick, you know, and yourself, like what platforms can I go to, to reviews or whatever it is. And I mean, we appreciate it. I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, just iTunes review. That's, that's awesome. Reaching out on Twitter. I mean, really it's just, it's huge. And yeah, I mean, we couldn't, he, he even mentioned how he downloads like from different sites, you know, <laughs> downloads like multiple times to try to help. I'm like, bro, that's a fan. And we that is really appreciate fan. that. Yeah, definitely go and and review on iTunes if you've not done that or Apple Podcasts. Uh, That really helps us. We just recently have been putting together, or the network has been putting together different, um, different like pitch sheets, I guess, if you want to call them that. Like, this is what the podcast is. These are the reviews. And they actually list some of the reviews and the words that are like the actual caption or the comment that's actually posted with the reviews on there. And, you know, if you rave about us, that, that really helps us, especially with advertisers. And so that would really support us for sure. Because um, believe it or not, <laughs> newsflash here, the more advertising we get, the more money we get. So <laughs> and the now we actually haven't mentioned this in a long time. We if haven't. we do have some, some people here in Dallas and you have a company or something like that, and you would like to advertise on our show, we have all this stuff that we can send to you about our stats and everything of how, how to make that happen. Because other shows across the network, you know, that's what they're pulling off too. And we're uh, up in the top half fourth of yeah, podcast we, on the lock, locked on network. And we're doing pretty well numbers wise. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of amazing that we are the podcast for the 23 and 51 Dallas Mavericks. As I say this right now, we're, we're recording actually during the Lakers game right now, but, yeah. uh, and we're in the top, I think we're in the top third of uh, of locked on podcasts as far as listeners so that's just a testament to all of you guys so we really appreciate it yeah and nick stops talking while i'm taking a drink of my water <laughs> that's isaac took a drink of water and i had a cough at the exact same time and we're 200 podcasts in <laughs> yeah, all right so this is what we're gonna get to today we are going to talk about uh what good can come from winning games? Because okay. that question was posed to us on Twitter the other day, and Isaac really wanted to get to that. And then I want to talk about something that I tweeted about today. ESPN created a list of the top 10 most influential basketball players, 
or what they call them game changers. So I really want to get to that today. Uh, your boy is not mentioned. And so I, I'm going to go in on this list and, uh, <laughs> and, and talk about it because, because I guess you, you could say my boys are mentioned, but well, it's funny is Nick was the first person I saw to tweet about it. And then ever since then, the list has appeared in my timeline about a hundred times. And a lot of it's national people talking about the, um, lack of Dirk on the list. So yeah, Dirk was not included. And so we will talk about that. Uh, I guess it, it, it's, we should mention that the Mavericks played Sacramento. They're playing the Lakers right now. They played Sacramento yesterday, uh, actually won the game. <laughs> not by, I mean, they, they won the game, but not for lack of trying to lose. <laughs> I Shout out to can, can, Aaron Harrison getting the start. <laughs> Aaron Harrison getting a start. Maxi Kleba getting a start. Uh, Jalen, the, the the Texas Legends basically playing the uh, the playing out the end of that game. And Collinsworth, Jalen Jones, uh, Motley, uh, Aaron Harrison, and uh, there was one more. I think it was Doug. No, there's one more player at the very end that was playing. Uh, that made it like the full G League. I tweeted out yesterday, but uh, I'll look at. Oh, Kleber, Kleber was was playing at the, the very end there. Uh, okay. <laughs> just made it like a full almost G League lineup, and uh, <laughs> so they they won that game. It doesn't destroy the lottery chances right now. The Mavericks are sitting uh, pretty comfortably in fifth. Uh, Sacramento is a half game behind them in the lottery standings. Brooklyn is a half game behind them as well, and then uh, Orlando is just one game ahead of the Mavericks and if the Mavericks lose to the Lakers tonight then they will only be a half game uh, away from them in the fourth spot so if the Mavericks lose tonight they'll be only a half game out of fourth in the draft lottery so that's where we're at right now with that yeah and it's just a reminder that you just never know what's going to happen the Grizzlies beat the Blazers tonight the Grizzlies are on a winning streak they're on a two-game winning streak everyone would look at that and say including Memphis fans would be like, ah, this is a loss. And most people like Mavericks fans are looking at it and say, crap, you know, Memphis is going to lose that game. You can't predict Damian Lillard's wife going into labor to have their child, and he's going to yeah. miss the game and fly back home to Portland and <laughs> miss the game. And therefore, they lose the game. Memphis wins. Like, it's stuff like that to when you're looking, if some fans are out there looking at other uh, schedules of other some of the of Memphis, Orlando, all this stuff. It's not a given that something's going to be a loss or a win or whatever. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, you have to you, – you predict the games, but then you have to watch them, and that's the reason why you play the games. It's the, the fun of it, the uh, the spontaneity of some games where you just never know if a game is going to be you know a dud or if a game's actually going to be you know super exciting, uh, competitive game. You just never know. Unless you're the Mavericks, then it's always competitive until the very end. <laughs> All right, so – the Mavericks won yesterday as we're recording this. So on Tuesday night, they might win again tonight. Dennis Smith Jr. has hit, uh, what is it, four out of five threes in the first half, and the Mavs are winning in the first half right now as we're recording this. Uh, Isaac, what good can come from wins? And let me pull up the actual tweet. Uh, it, but as you talk about it, uh, share with us what actual good can come from wins because it doesn't seem like a lot right now, but I think there are some things. Yeah, I mean, there – you know, a guy tweeted at us and was like, hey, pretty, summing it up, I know that y'all are anti-tanking, but what can? there's nothing good out of beating the Kings tonight. And Here's the tweet. It's from our guy Kevin Blaine. He says, I get that this team is not trying to lose, nor should they blatantly try to lose, but you can't say that that win last night against the, the Kings is good for the Mavs' future. 
Yeah, and you know, I just respectfully disagree with it because right now there's this is this is the main reason for me. Right now it's boiling down to there's two main cornerstones guarantees to be in the starting lineup probably for the next two years at least till Barnes is a free agent. It's Harrison Barnes, Dennis Smith Jr. Those two guys are our cornerstones at the moment. Recently, HB moved back to the, to the three, and the talk and what Rick has talked about and stuff is we want to get reputation or repetition for with Dennis and HB playing together. We want them to gain the more chemistry, the better between those two guys, and that's the thing of. When you look at taking taking something away from the win, I think Barnes was our leading scorer in this game. Right now, they're they're changing it up. They just changed up a few weeks ago. Barnes back to the three, and now we're. This is how it's going to be for the future. Dennis running the show, Barnes at the three. They might be running sets with each other, pick and roll with each other, whatever it is. So, what can we take away from a win? Well, what they're building now, getting Barnes adjusted back to the three, playing with Dennis, Dennis playing with Barnes, them playing with each other, that just takes a little bit of time away from next year. So, that's what I'm taking is their chemistry together because we two we do have two cornerstones. I think it gets I think it's a harder argument when you get into a team like Memphis. Whenever you're throwing out a team that has literally zero cornerstones for the future. You know, that's playing at the moment. Besides you, you know, like they don't have a young, you know, Dylan Brooks maybe. You know, that's like the guy. Yeah, so like when you look at Dallas, you're saying, "Okay, well, you got Dennis Smith Jr. like winning matters to him because he's part of your future." You see what I'm saying? Like for me, like, and then you get into the whole like, like look at Doug. If we if we went the route like a lot of people want the Mavericks to do, as far as hey, let's just rest people or let's binge people, whatever it is. Doug's shooting like what sixty five percent from three, sixty percent from three since the All Star break. I mean, it's at a, just an astronomical rate of how well he's shooting. You know what would be better for the Mavericks to lose is if they bench Doug. So, but here's the thing. If they bench Doug like two weeks ago and start setting him out to lose games like a lot of people would want, guess what we wouldn't know of? We wouldn't see the streak of Doug. We wouldn't see how good Doug is because that's that's what we've seen over the past like two or three weeks is, you know, we've talked about on the pod how good Doug has looked and how somebody just tweeted at me today and said, how surprised would you be if Doug wasn't on the team? Oh, I would be super surprised. Like, I think he's back for sure. And... What? The Mavs bench next year could be Yogi, Seth, and Doug. <laughs> Good Lord. That's that's like all the three-point shooting anyway. Yeah, well, it's just like that's the thing that I think it's a it's a counter sometimes that, you know, when the all the team tankers, it's like, hey, let's tank, let's set our best players. Well, Doug's been one of our best players, and, but somebody we need to see if he's going to be a piece. And if we were truly trying to lose – then Doug on the court shouldn't happen, you know? Like, But as a result of him being out there and him playing like he's playing, we might have picked up a win or two, but in return, it looks like we found somebody that we think can fit our system and be a part of our future. So that's that's why I'm saying like there, there are takeaways, and it's the same concept when you're looking at some of these young guys like Collinsworth or a Jalen Jones or a Motley or something like that. Like I think it's huge for Motley right now because he hasn't looked that great. And but 
you know, if he comes out these last like seven or eight games, locks some big minutes, plays some big time basketball, that might, you know, to the coaching staff might say, hey, like he could be a, a, a good piece for the future. But if not, like this last part of the season might mean that he might not even be back next year. You know, you don't know that. So there's takeaways from wins. Yeah, that two-way contract for Motley, we've seen it over and over again. That these these teams can just completely cut the guy and uh and not even, you know, there's no repercussions essentially for it. Uh you just you cut him and then it, he's just kind of gone. So he, you know, they really have to see what they have in these guys or they just move on from him. It's just kind of plain and simple like that. Uh my my takeaway from it is not I don't know, like the benefits, yes, I agree with you on that side, but it's super hard to just lose every game in the NBA. <laughs> I mean, even that uh, even that Bobcats team won like seven games. <laughs> you know, remember yeah. that Bobcats team that was terrible at Kemba Walker's rookie year? Uh, even that team won some games. Uh, you, you just can't – I mean, you got to play somebody. They, they played all those G League guys at the end of the game, and they still ended up winning. And you, the, the other reason why is you just – I still believe that you can't just embarrass Dirk like that. You know, just like there's just a respect that that is there. And I know people don't like to hear this answer, but there's just a respect that's there for that guy. He has been this franchise. He is the legend. Uh, like you just can't go out there and, and just, I don't know, completely tank a game by just sitting literally everybody. And so they played Dennis, they played Harrison Barnes, they played, you know, Dirk was out there. They, you know, went and played, pretty much all their guys and also you don't have enough roster spots to just take away all your good nba players and throw in all the terrible ones i yeah. mean it's it's kind of i mean granted they set a bunch of people i mean like they JJ did. didn't even make the trip nerlands didn't play dwight powell didn't play like you know they set people but they still played their dudes and it's just like i don't know sometimes they started aaron harrison and maxi Kleber. like what 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 do people want and a lot of times when you get these losing teams that might be tanking on purpose. A lot of what people don't think about is like the game plans that go into it. You know, do does you know these teams that's losing on purpose? Is the coach just saying, "Hey, just go out there and play some ball," or are they actually running plays? Are they actually running schemes and stuff? Are they actually trying to grow as players? Is the coaching staff trying to grow the players and see what they got, or are they just really trying to lose games and just throwing out there their five worst players and say, "Just go play pickup ball." Because that, that's just where it gets dangerous. It's what the fan base wants. Hmm. If the fan base got their way, I mean, the Mavericks would be playing, what, Jalen Jones, Collinsworth, Motley. 48 you know, minutes a game. All those guys, 45 minutes, and Rick's not running any plays, telling them to play pickup ball, and you're losing every game. That's what a lot of people want, and that's just – that's yeah, It's I mean, unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just not the, the way, but – it's not the way. So that that's what the we way. take away in wins. There is some development in there. There is some playing. It's interesting the when you were talking about playing Dennis and Harrison Barnes in like in sort of like a backcourt together. The the Dennis and, and Harrison pick and roll is something that I have really wanted to see from this team for, for a while. Since since probably the beginning of this year. And you just haven't seen it. I mean I think I asked uh somebody with synergy to look up for to look up for me uh how many times they've you know, Barnes has picked for Dennis or, you know, set a screen for Dennis. And I think it was like twice. <laughs> and in wow. like, I think at that point it was like 40 games or something like that. So it just doesn't happen very often. It's definitely not designed because they would do it a lot more than twice. Twice is like almost an accident, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or just the data messed up or something. 
but it's not something we see very often. I think a pick and pop, a pick and roll with, with uh, as long as you have Dirk out there for some spacing, maybe another guy, maybe Maxi out there to also get some spacing. But Maxi's shot has been really, really bad. I mean, he just he completely just hit a wall, and I don't know if it's because of his lack of playing time or if it's because of the wall that that Carlisle started playing him last. But I, I think he's shooting like twenty something percent from three right now. Dang. But that 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 is something that I would like to see more of, and hopefully we hopefully we will. I I don't think I saw any of it last night. Um, but yeah, just to to see them working together more in a two man game because a lot of times it's just ISO ISO Dennis ISO ISO, you know, uh, uh, Barnes or do do something where you move the ball around, but those two guys are not interacting too much. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see what they do with Aaron Harrison coming up out of his. Uh, out of his 10 day i mean he still has you know i think a couple more days so just see what dallas does with that and do they keep the door revolving there's been some guys released lately that i I wish dallas could take a swing at but we'll see we will see i I liked his i like his shooting a lot i mean i think he he brings definitely something on that end i just don't know what else he brings you know like a couple times against Sacramento he was bringing the ball up and he just turned it over like off his leg <laughs> you know yeah. I mean one of them somebody got a hand in there but I mean he's just not making good decisions dribbling the ball and defensively it's kind of hard to tell with the sample size we've been given so far but not anything to really write home about yeah so all right let us get to the uh the second thing we're going to talk to today and that is the ESPN list about game changers so they hyped up this list and uh, this is how they came up with this this voting before I give you the uh, the top ten. And this is they wrote this. This is really funny to me. They wrote this in this in like small print in the bottom corner of this image that they posted. They said our NBA panel voted more than eleven thousand times to select the top ninety game changers, and a small committee of writers and editors selected the final ten. So they eliminated they eliminated a small committee of one. Uh, I used to love Mark Stein's uh, power rankings because he'd be like, the committee of one has decided these power rankings. <laughs> it's just like what he thought personally. So these are this is the top 10, and these are game changers. Now, a lot of people have been mixing this up with these are the greatest players or these are the best players, the most talented players. It's not necessarily what this list is all about. These are the game changers, guys that were super influential on the game, guys that changed the game, guys that came in and – and you know, made a difference, influenced others, all this stuff. So this we just is, have to have a definition of what influential means. Yeah, because no, I think I think me and you have to, a different definition than ESPN. I think yeah, definitely. I think I do too. Um, I think we do as well. <laughs> so this is their top twelve, and I think they they put it to twelve because they wanted to throw number twelve in there for sure. Number one, Michael Jordan. <laughs> number two, Kobe Bryant. What? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. My dog was barking at me. Number <laughs> number like, one, Michael Jordan. Freak? Number two, LeBron James. Number three, Magic Johnson. Number four, Bill Russell. Number five, Wilt Chamberlain. Number six, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Number seven, Oscar Robertson. Number eight, Julius Irving. Number nine, Larry Bird. Number 10, Steph Curry. Number 11, Jerry West. Number 12, Kobe Bryant. It's funny. I said the wrong name, and then my dog like growled at me. He kind of, I guess, he knew he was looking at the list over my shoulder. So those are the 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 top twelve game changers as of the eleven thousand times voted ESPN list. Now there's there's two two obvious 
yeah, there's two obvious players missing from. Actually, I, I kind of think there's three obvious players missing from this. From the top twelve. From the top twelve. Dirk, I think it's definitely okay. one of them. Can, but let's just. What's like influential to you? To me, influential is you changed the game. Like you came in and brought something else that hadn't been seen before, and like you, you changed it. Whether that's on the court, I didn't think too much about off the court. Somebody brought up a good point that I'm going to mention in a minute. But off the court as well, I think you changed the game, like the NBA. You changed the league. I think off court has to be in the conversation as influential. I think it's it at least too. part of the equation. Like Bill Russell, Bill Russell should be number one, but because <laughs> Bill Russell was the first black NBA player, he was the first black coach. <laughs> yeah. So that's something like that. That matters. That he is. He does not get talked about enough. He is the Jackie Robinson of the NBA. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, Jordan, yeah, yeah. You Jordan, know, I could see the argument. For like Jordan, Jordan did a lot, but, but without Bill Russell, there's no Michael Jordan. Kind of. No, definitely. Somebody, somebody would just come right back, uh, right after Russell though. No, I, don't, I think that's not a good argument. Like, I mean, like, I'm not diminishing his, like, impact. Like, he's the pioneer. Like, I get all of that. But I don't don't think you could say that Jordan wouldn't happen without Russell. I think how good Bill Russell was. Yeah. You make a big change like that. Like, you you start, like, allowing – this is so weird to talk about. But allowing black players into the league. If he wasn't good, like, if he wasn't – you know, a great transcendent, like so dominant and so obvious that he had to be, you know, in the league. I think there's a chance that it doesn't stick. And then they go, and then they go back and then the league takes, takes step back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But anyway, he's number four. It's not like (laughs) that was a huge (laughs) thing. The guys that were left off this list, I think for me, for influencers of the game are Dirk, Allen Iverson and George Mikan. George Mikan, they moved the rims to 12 feet for him because he was so dominant in, in yeah. the 50s. Now, I mean, that's the 50s, but that is like the, the beginning of the NBA. That's the beginning of this whole thing, and he was just so dominant. And uh, he was kind of he kind of introduced the NBA to a big man, like what a big man should be, what you know the post post play, what you know all that kind of stuff. I think he should be on this list uh, just for being like the NBA's first superstar. You know, like that. That's something I think that matters. Yeah, and it's just really hard to look at the list and say who and do take you take somebody off. off. Yeah, yeah, and because I mean, you know, I think this guy's kind of overrated all time wise, but like Shaq, I think Shaq should be up there too because just of the the size that he was. Now you know, I'm like Wilt would run circles around Shaq and kill Shaq every day. But Probably. <clears throat> here's my but, argu- here's my argument against Shaq, and and it might be uh, against Wilt Chamberlain too. Is that those guys oh, were no. just so they were just so physically gifted? I don't know how much they changed the game. Like I don't know how well, they many, changed a lot of roles for Wilt. This is true. That that's a good point. Um, and the Shack, the Hack a Shack thing, it should definitely be mentioned. But like those guys aren't influencing. I guess the the people are like behind them. Like nobody's growing up going like I want to be just like Shaq, and then they they do it because yeah. he's just such a physical freak. Like I think he was a unicorn just because of how big. I mean, he was an offensive lineman that grew an extra foot, and then went out there and like you know had the quickest feet, like ballerina feet, essentially because he could just move around so much. The guy, I mean, 
Like, it's just so hard to take people off. Steph, I mean, Steph is Steph is the one I got to take off now. No, Steph, Steph totally has changed the game, man. Like, Not more than Dirk. There's more unicorns and more people that's try to emulate Dirk right now. We're just now seeing the Steph stuff. We're yeah. just now seeing the Trey Youngs come along, the people, the kids. This is the generation now. Give me five more years and maybe Steph can be on the list, but, like, what Dirk? Dirk's more than Steph at this moment. Does James Harden take 10 threes a game if Steph Curry hadn't had his those two like MVP seasons? I think see, so. I think see, it's that, more of an analytics movement. Like see, that's where I'm not sure. I just think that uh, you you need one guy to succeed using that model. You know, like you need one guy to be like, oh dang, okay, well it worked for him. Now I can do that same thing. I just need I just need it longer for Steph to outlast Dirk at this one. Dirk's just like I mean, we could just go like I. Th- I personally think you could tie all the unicorns to Dirk, from Porzingis to Towns to any big man Durant that's shooting even. that's shooting threes. Yeah, I mean, we even see like I did this. I did this whole story last year talking to Durant and all these players across across the league, uh, LeBron, everybody about Dirk and his legacy and stuff. And like, how many times have we seen them talk about stealing Dirk's shot and taking that? The one foot fadeaway and all that stuff. So Dirk has to be on the list. On the list, it's just a debate. When it's it probably comes like thirteen. <laughs> Iverson, I think, needs to be on the list too. I mean, Kobe, Kobe, and Curry have to come off the list for me. Possibly Jerry West, but Jer- I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna act like I'm the biggest. Um, like history. I'm not the, yeah, I'm not the biggest nerd when it comes to Jerry West. Will different story. You know, I love Will, but like. Yeah, yeah, you know, Kareem has a lot of the off the court stuff, the change in name and the titles, like all this stuff. I would be but. interested to hear somebody talk about because I, I haven't heard a lot about this guy except for his triple double year. But what else did Oscar Robertson do? That would be my question for somebody that was around in that time that got the context. Because man, I was probably negative 40 when he was in the league like you know like i was just not around so what else did he do to help change the league besides just the triple double like just was he just a great basketball player or was there other stuff julius irving is a guy that i also didn't see play but i saw i like i i've seen documentaries about his oh yeah you know, dr j doesn't how move he, on this list. how he changed the game like that 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 one yeah. to me is the He's fro, crazy. the dunking, the everything, the ABA, NBA the merger. ABA together, yeah. That yeah was, every, everything that with that, yeah. Doctor doesn't move. Bird doesn't move. Um, no. Because Bird yeah, and I mean, Magic, well, without Bird and Magic, the league might have died. Yeah. 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 Not, we might not have Michael Jordan without those two guys. Wilt, <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain stays. Uh, just, I oh, might, definitely. I, I might put him lower, stays. but, you oh, know. stop it. Well, stop. I put him over Magic. Uh, no, Magic was Magic no, was something stop. else, man. No, but Iverson to me, all these guys that are there, who was none of these guys are doing like crossovers, and even Jordan wasn't necessarily doing the herky jerky like crossover stuff where he like. And wants- Iverson's off the court brought a whole different dynamic yeah. to the. It mm-hmm. brought an acceptance to that um, walk of life, you know, that he changed that. It's a and- style. Yeah, the style. Like, it was awesome. You know, it just changed everything with that. And so, like, for me personally, I would I would put Dirk definitely within the top 10. I would take out Steph. And well, we haven't even talked about Kobe. Like, what does Kobe bring that MJ didn't? Okay, so this is that was my argument on Twitter today. I said Dirk, Dirk over Kobe. 
I would argue that Kobe did not, you know, change the game at all because he was a Michael Jordan clone. And now all these people are coming at me because they thought I said that Dirk was better than Kobe. Now that's not even true. I think Kobe's oh, better Lord. than Dirk. But one person, uh, Grant I think Goldberg, that could be an argument, by the way. No, Kobe was so good, man. He was really, really good. But I, I could definitely listen to an argument that Dirk is better than Kobe all time. I could listen to it, but I could have a really good comeback to say, to say that Kobe was. Kobe's uh, stats, analytical-wise, advanced stats, do not help him. No, they don't. But the guy was a winner. You can't, can't take so that. So was Robert Ory. No, Robert Ory was not the reason that they won those games. He he won the Lakers one playoff game. Just kidding. Um, so the thing with Kobe and, and and Grant Goldberg brought this up to me. Uh, he's a uh, I think he does he's a social. I think he writes for uh, Forum Blue and Gold, which is a big Lakers blog. He said Kobe Bryant's work ethic, like off the court. No, I think he I think he did change the game in that aspect where guys are now over the summer they're adding things to their game. Like I think I think Kobe was huge for that. Maybe it's because he was the first guy that allowed, you know, writers to talk about those kind of things and was was open about the things that he was adding to his game, but I think Kobe doing that, the work ethic, you know, taking care of his body, doing all that kind of stuff, I think that is what translated because I think without Kobe Bryant's work ethic, I don't know if if LeBron is this crazy like spending 1.5 million dollars on his body every year, right? Cuz I think Jordan spent a lot of money. Jordan like had a personal trainer and was one of the first to have a personal trainer and, and go around with him and stuff but we also see jordan like doing you know the, the crazy gambling the staying up late the, he was just like a freak you know like he, i don't know oh also and this this hate <laughs> this doesn't derive from my my dislike for him but i i would probably put wilt and maybe magic over lebron i think i would definitely put magic over lebron without magic oh there, is no, there is Here no there is no magic no. and not wilt I just, I just, okay. I was agreeing with you. Can you not just let me agree with you for a second? Good lord, I love Wilt too. Gosh. I'm a stickler when it comes to Wilt, man. I, I, I think he's right there. I have not Jordan even is. moved him off the list. I, you're just like you're just getting so defensive about Wilt. I Chamberlain. get super defensive about Wilt Chamberlain because all these stupid people out there that say he only played against six foot white dudes. <laughs> so, That's not even whatever. true. Not true at all. Anyway, keep on going. I would definitely put Magic above LeBron. I would definitely put uh I think I would put Dr. J above LeBron too. And Wilt and Kareem. Like I would, I, I don't and know. If, okay. <laughs> how all of them. How would uh how how does LeBron change the game? What has LeBron brought that's different than than some of these other guys? Yeah, so like the the when it comes to like influential, like because you can you can take these guys, and you can mold a LeBron James. Like he ha- he's he has the the athleticism of like Wilt Chamberlain. He has the you know like the I guess you can also of Michael Jordan too. He has the passing of of uh, of Magic, and you know the defense of I guess you could say the defense then of Jordan. Like he's he's just he's just a perfect blend of all those things, you know. But he yeah. took things from all these other guys. Now everybody takes stuff from other guys, but what did he bring that was different than everybody else? Maybe it's just the package of that, but how is he influenced in that way? Yeah, and I look at the other stuff too when we're really digging into the definition of influential. What has LeBron changed off the court? You know, has he had an off the court uh, impact like Iverson has, like Bill Russell has, like, you know, 
Dr. J with the NBA, NBA with you know some of these guys. Has he had that off the court? Even Magic Bird has he had the off the court um, impact? I wouldn't say so. Has he changed rules? Has rules changed in the game because of LeBron? I wouldn't. You know, no. A lot so, of. Like, I feel like a lot of LeBron's impact right now is sort of unseen or unspoken of because he has been such the perfect – he's been like the perfect spokesman for the league for so long. I mean, he hasn't really had any kind of scandals or anything like that. Like our president has way more scandals every week than LeBron has in his 15 years in the NBA, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, holy cow. Uh, he He's just been this perfect like example for a league that in the 90s – like you know, was having these, you know, these issues with these guys, they had to implement like a dress code and all this stuff, you know, there's just these, these weird things that they had to kind of, the dress code, I feel like was a, such a huge thing because it's, it, it co- sort of tried to cover up an issue that in the NBA of like guys that, um, I don't know, not that we're not taking it seriously, but got a lot of money and then just didn't take, I guess just didn't take the game seriously. Yeah. Um, but LeBron has influenced a lot of these guys and their professionalism. I feel like, yeah, I could I could hear that for sure, but I don't know if that's number two worthy. No, I don't know about that. Yeah, I would move him down. Like LeBron has, like if the league was a ten when LeBron came in the league, he's maybe influenced them to now being like a thirteen. <laughs> you know, if you're going up a yeah. scale, like he like Magic and Bird took the NBA from two to ten. <laughs> you know, like that. Yeah, and then Jordan took them from like ten to twenty. <laughs> you know, just like taking it up the scale. If you want yeah, to and, and just just a reminder, we're not talking about overall talent, right? And like player and stuff, because like if you go to baseball, then you're looking at like Roberto Clemente and stuff being in like the top five or something. Jackie like, Robinson, yeah, like Jackie Robinson be one, you know, for, for like all that. So like, there's a difference in that. Definitely, there we go. Well, we might. I don't know if we want to create our own list, but guys that we would maybe take down or or, or push down a little bit. Somebody would have to ex- explain to me the reasoning for Oscar Robertson. Uh, we would probably move LeBron James down. Uh, we would probably move Curry and and Kobe Bryant down a little bit. And hey, then, but LeBron says you should vote for him, okay? Because of the body of work that I've put in this year, as the best, oh, as MVP. If you I should had a vote, vote for me. Come on, bro. Can I plug two things real quick? Yeah, go ahead. And I have something too. One um, did smaller piece, just talking about something to keep in mind: how the draft will impact free agency plans. And just everything with that, that's kind of a chain of events to keep in mind when we're talking about free agent targets and how that could be um, impacted by the draft. Just like small example, if we get like a Marvin Bagley, would we still chase a Julius Randle? Be kind of redundant then. Um, but that small thing, have a piece coming out next week. And it's a big one for Mavs.com. I was Ooh. at the Mavs office today for a couple hours this morning Working on a piece, it's fun, um, it's different, um, but it's it's. I think it's going to be good, and not a lot of people like know some about it, so I think it'll be kind of cool. But yeah, it'll be up next week, but it's going to take me a while. So I really appreciate the feedback. Okay, some random mysterious project that Isaac is working on. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. I just you know I'm putting a lot of time into it, so I want yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna plug it, especially when it gets close. So uh, I finally wrote for the first time in a really long time. I had to four score and seven years ago. <laughs> I had to dust off the uh, the old pen and paper. Uh, 
no, I, I did my uh, my own version of Zach Lowe's 10, 10 Things I Like and Don't Like. I might just call them 10 Things I Don't what Like. What did you come up with the title? What was your title? You I called it Highs and Lows, but then I think the editor changed it to something else. <laughs> <laughs> if they're listening, Kate, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but uh, but I did my own 10 Things. There's some, some funny stuff in there. There's some analytical stuff in there. There's something for everybody really in there. Uh, and there's also, so this is this is my tease for the article. Scotty Hobson Uh-oh. did something that no other NBA player has ever done in history. Oh, my gosh. He did something that no other player has done in NBA history, according to basketball reference. So Only you would find this because you know how to use basketball Because I know how to use basketball reference. So go to MavsMoneyBall.com. I think it's the front page story, either that or it's on the front page. It's uh, it's something like good good moments and bad moments for the Mavs recently. So go check that out. Find out what Scotty Hobson did. And if, if when you find it, tweet it to me. Because uh, <laughs> then I'll know how many people are, are going to the, the site there. Um, also, there just some other interesting stuff in there. Uh, and I take a shot at a, uh, a couple in-game things. So if you've gone to a lot of Mavs games, you've seen some in-game things, uh, I'm also going to put that in there. I'm going to put one, at least one non like basketball related thing in there. So like an off. So right. So this one in this one, I take a shot at the, uh, the Dallas community college promotional video that they play. It's like every single, like the end of the second quarter, the end of the first quarter or something like that. Like between the first two quarters, they play that commercial where it's like Dallas community college. The girl walks in and she gives her, her gives this lady her resume. They sit down. The lady opens her resume and she goes, Oh, Dallas community college. You're hired. Like immediately, and I just go in. I just go in on that commercial because it's completely unrealistic and propaganda. So go read <laughs> that piece. Go check out Isaac's stuff on uh, the Smoking Cuban. And uh, thank you for listening to the extra ten minutes of Locked On Maps, <laughs> guys. Uh, quick reminder: if you do want to go to Easter with my wife and I, reach oh, yeah. out to me on DM. Uh, DM me on Twitter. We're going eleven o'clock to church here in Dallas taking you out for lunch afterwards and we can talk Mavs draft, all that stuff, but just DM me on Twitter. Okay. So if I've, I've run into at least a couple fans, a couple of people that listen, I, I don't, it's weird calling them fans. I'll call them listeners. I've listeners. I've, I've uh, interacted with a couple of listeners that don't have Twitter. If they don't have Twitter, how can they contact you about this? So if you get, don't have Twitter, you can follow, you can email me at Isaac.mavs at gmail.com. I'm not giving you Isaac with two A's. Isaac with two A's. I S A A C dot M A V S at Gmail dot com. I S American Airlines Center dot Max. If I start getting spam emails, I know one of y'all added me to some stupid list. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Number 200. Again, you can follow me at Nick Van Exit. You can follow Isaac at Isaac L. Harris. You can follow us at Locked on Maps. Guys, thank you so much. 200. Peace out. Boom. Boom.